ויאמר איש אל אחיו, הנה בעל החלומס הלוזה בו. כי פסק יוטס. ויאמר איש אל אחיו, הנה בעל החלומס הלוזה בו. So this is as we've discussed in the past, this passage makes clear that they want to kill him because he's a Balachalimus. That's ultimately their issue with him is that he's a dreamer. Mm-hmm. That's their issue. Come, here comes the Balachalimus. So therefore, that's uh, the end of the next passage. They say we're going to throw him in a pit. We're going to kill him and throw him in a pit, one of the pits. See what happens to his dreams because the issue with him is that he attaches importance to Chalaymas. He believes in Chalaymas. He's a Bala Chalaymas. And they're going to disprove. They're going to disprove. The, the, they're going to prove that the Chalaymas have no validity. Now the irony is, the you know, Yosef was put into a pit, again in Mitzrayim. And he gets out of that pit and he becomes king all through dreams. Mm-hmm. So here they're saying, oh, we're going to put him in a pit and you'll see his dreams, nothing is going to come of his dreams. And the joke's on them because this whole pit thing, theme that starts over here, ends up, he ends up getting out full and becoming king and the dreams get fulfilled That's through true. other dreams that take place in, in the pit. Yeah, but he does have to develop to that, that point. part. Yeah, but the point is, Right. This putting him in a bar, and therefore it's not going to, the chalimus won't be this guy. Okay. So, v'ata l'chuvena hargehu in pasakov. V'ata l'chuvena hargehu in ashlichehu b'chadabar. So what, what is the significance of throwing him into one of the pits? So the point is they have, to, they have to hide the body. We'll kill him. And in order to have a plausible story, so we'll hide the body, throwing him into a random bar, one of these bars. V'amarnu chayiru achalos. We'll be able to make the story. Because there won't be a body. Okay. And never near my Yuchalabisov. So the fact is they're not merely killing Yosef, they're also they're also going to conceal his the, the body. And uh, as if as if he was eaten by an animal that wouldn't leave any any remains. That's the idea. Because if there would be a body, it would be obvious that Killed him, I guess. Okay, so just a word on this. First one Micha, to, to attempt a perfect crime. Yeah. There's always the uh, how to dispose of the body is mm-hmm. a major element, right, of the planning. Yeah. The lawyer will tell us. So that's the vanishlicheyu ba'achadabayr. So it's it's not only that they're going to kill him, but they're going to dispose of his body, so that it could be as if an, a wild animal consumed him and there's nothing left. So we spoke in the past about Micha Peragimel. Micha Peragimel is Shimuna. The Navi says Shimuna to the heads of Yaakov. And we discussed about Shimuna. Um, Yesus said to his brothers, Shimuna Chalamti, and how Micha is, is, as it were, speaking for them against the Shvatim. And this is in Micha Per Gimel. And he charges the Yerusha Yaakov with knowing Mishpat. 
Instead, they hate good and they love evil. And they steal people's skin from upon them and they take their flesh from upon their bones and they eat the flesh of the people and they strip their skin off them and they smash their bones and they, and they have it like meat in a, in a pot. And then they call to Hashem and he doesn't answer, he'll hide his face from them. Okay, so without going into how we know it's referring to this parsha, but the point is, I just want to point out, this that he's, this that he says, it's like you're stealing their flesh from their bodies and cracking their bones, this is because they're not only killing Yosef, but they're staging as if he was consumed by an animal. So they're the animals, as it were, in the Navi, who would eat a person, who could consume a person, as, uh, and put human flesh in a pot. Because they hear they're killing him, and, and staging it like he was... like he was eaten. They do anyway, even though they don't actually kill him. What? They eat? What? They stage it as though he's eaten. Right, and they strip him. So if you look at Pasuk Gimel there in Micha, it says, they strip their skin off them. That's probably inspired by Vayafshitu as Yosef, as Kutante. So they stripped Yosef and they were trying to make it as if his body was, was consumed. So therefore the Navi charges them with, with eating people's flesh off their bones, etc. Okay, now, there's a major significance to the bar. They're going to throw him into Achal Habayris. And Ruvain says, as we'll see, we'll discuss exactly what that means. Ruvain says, no, throw him into Habar Hazeh. And then that bar is rake, in Bemayim. And then he gets into a bar in Mitzrayim too. So there's a major bar thing in the Yosef story. Okay? Why does he pick this bar? So, what's, so we'll get to that in a minute. What the, what the bar Hazeh is, what that means. We'll get to that soon. But I just want to explain, I think, what's happening over here in, in the significance of the bar. Um, they saw Yosef Meirachik, that's Pasuk Yudches, right? They saw Meirachik, and we explained that this Vayiru Yosef Meirachik is showed in Yirmiyah, that is, the Navi says that there is such a thing as Nebuah, and therefore God is not distant. He's present in the earth. Again, dreamers consider God to be, to be Rachik. Okay? So Vayiru Yosef Meirachik, is they see Yosef as, as being a dreamer, and therefore he's, he's in the middle of, of Rachik. And therefore they kill him, if they want to kill him. Okay? But they're wrong? No. Yosef does believe in Hester Panim. He believes Hashem is Rachik, right? So what happens, so what happens in Hester Panim? So he, we know Tehillim Paraglamid. Hashem Elikai, Shivati Elech Vatipa'ini, Hashem Ha'elisa Mishael Nafshi, Chiyisani Miyodivar, that's the right? When Hashem is master as ponim, people end up in the bar, in Sha'il. And there it says, as we know, Hashem Hashem So a person goes into Shachas, he goes down to a bar which is identified with Sha'il. And then he and then and that's um, Hashem is hiding his face from him. And then when he says, my bet's up a dummy, so he comes out of the bar, out of Shail, and he um, sings to Hashem, and his maide, because what's the point of, of going down to Shachas? Right, so Yehudas and my But the point in this, you see in that Mizmor Lamid, We'll get back to that in the future. 
But we see that um, when Hashem is Hester Ponim, hidden, when Hashem is hidden, so the idea of going down to Sheol is that Hashem is hidden. Because the point is, like, Hashem is far away. And then you get uh, put down into the earth and, and into the offer, not being connected to Hashem. Same thing you have in, in Mizmar. Yud in Tehillim. It starts off, Lama Hashem Tamli Birachik. Why Hashem are you Rachik? And there it talks about, in Mizmar Yud, it talks about the, the poor person who's ensnared by the Russia, who traps him and he falls into his trap. He, he, he bends over and he, and he falls down into his trap. So falling down into a trap is Hashem being Rachik. And there also in, in Mizmar Yunit Tehillim, it also says, the word Betza, it says in Pasigimel, Betzea Beirech Nietz Hashem, which the Gemara says is referring to Yehuda, who says Ma Betza when they were eating Lechem. Again, we're not going to get to that now, but I wanted to show it just that both of those Mizmarim have Ma Betza, have Betza. Yehuda said Ma Betza, and that's why he got out of the pit, because Ma Betza. And there it says in Mizmar Sheikh and Mikasal Asadav, what's the point? Why should I be into the pit? Why should I be in a pit? And it says Hayoidcha Afar Lazamaydeka, and there's Yehuda. Who said Mabetza and, and, and got him out of the pit, okay? And also in Mizmar Yud, where it talks about Hashem being far away and hidden, Talim. So, what's the, what's the symbolism of Hashem being hidden? The, the highest symbolism of that is when a man goes down into Sha'il and goes down to a bar. And there also it says Betza, which is referring to Yehud, to strengthen and show you the association between the Mizmar, but what, what the significance of the Betza there is, not for now. But the point is that being in a pit is very appropriate. It's not just that they're killing him. It's that they're, they're hiding him, he's hidden from, he's maruchik from Hashem, he goes down to a pit. And now this, this being in, in a dark. pit then, what? In the dark. In the dark, right. And then the pit and its association with Sha'il, like we see in that Mizmo. So Yaakov said in the end of the parish, or the end of the parish, he said, no, he's not misnachim ki erid al-bani avil Sha'ila. Right? Hashem ha'alisum in Sha'il nafshich yisanibiyodibar. Being in a pit is symbolic for being in Sha'il. So Yosef was thrown down into a pit. And Yaakov feels that he's going to go down to do uh, with his son to Sha'il. So putting Yosef in the pit is saying he's hidden from Hashem. He's in Sha'il. The Zayir says the Habayra is Gehenim. Habayra is Gehenim. Okay. Now back to Micha, the next pasuk in Micha, where he talks about eating people's flesh of them. So that was in Paragimel, the Apostolic Dalit, it says, Then they scream to Hashem and he doesn't answer them. And then he's going to hide his face from them. So they're judging Yosef as being a believer in Hester. And therefore they're saying, Okay, you know what? You, you want Hester? Fine, here's Hester. Go down into the darkness, into the Shoyal. So because of that, they're going to, they're going to um, suffer the Hester because they're the ones who are doing the evil. That's what, that's what Micha's saying. So again, so, the, so they're putting Yosef in the bar. There's a major bar theme in the parasha. They put him in any bar, into a specific bar. And then there's Yosef in the bar in Mitzrayim. And Yaakov's afraid that he's going to go down to Sha'il. So the idea is that at the bar is symbolic of, of Hester and, and Yosef, who's the one who believes Hashem is Rachik, deserves to be in a bar. <laughs> He yeah, was, he stayed yeah. there because he, stayed he, in the bar. he behaved in, in a right in Chayshech. Right, Chayshech, and he also behaved in a knife. But as the he said, "Well, we'll have to go through individual. Yeah. We'll have to go through yeah. 
intermediaries, right. the humans, right. and, and the fact is, yeah, the fact, the is, fact the whole, is that he's supposed to stay there because of that. Yeah, and the whole narrative, I think we point this out, that unlike, unlike um, all the stories till now, Hashem is extremely absent. Only one place where Hashem speaks to Yaakov on his way down to Mitzrayim, but these stories are a different, of a different nature than, than Horatius Tana. Okay. Additionally, along with the Bar theme, there's also a lot of Yerida mm-hmm. in these parishes, right? So there's, it starts with the Impasik of Chafhei, where there's a caravan going Lahoyrid Mitzrayim. Yaakov says, Eirid Albani Avel Sha'ila, and then Paraglamaches begins, Vayerid Yehuda Me'ez Echav, and Paraglamates begins, Vayosef Hurad Mitzrayim. Mm-hmm. And then Yaakov tells the Shvatim, Redu Shama, and we know Redu is 210, so that's, yeah, that's the, the Mitzrayim word. Vayerdu Ache Yosef, Yaakov said, Lo Yered Bni Imachem, and they said, Ner Donishbro, and they said, Lo Nered, Haridu Asachechem, and then Yaakov said, Haridu Leishmincha, Vayerdu Mitzrayim, and they told Yosef, Yomred Yeradu Batchil Leishba Eichel, and we brought Haridu Biyadenu, we brought the Kesset Mishnah, Haridu Biyadenu, and Yaakov, Yosef said, Haridu Hu Elai, bring down Binyamin. And they told their father, raid, we can't go, Loinu Khalaredes, only if we have a little brother Vyaradnu. And Yaakov complained, Bahiraditan Asevasi, Biogan Sha'ila. And and Yehuda said to Yosef, Bahiridu Avadecha as Sevas Avi Biogan Sha'ila. And Yosef sent a message to Yaakov Rudai. And he told the brothers, Bahiraditan as of Avi, Hashem told Yaakov, Altira Meyadar Matraima, Anochi Ayraid. Okay, so this is Yurida territory. This is Yurida. So the putting Yosef in the bar. Is consistent with the fact that there's a Yerida, Yerde Bar. So there's Yerida, there's Bar, there's Sha'il, and Mitzrayim is like that. So again, Zayar brings out this point. Zayar says that putting him in the Bar, which is Gehenim, is a remnant to the fact that he's going to go down to Mitzrayim, which is a place that there's no Amuna. So it's a, it's a, it's Yerida, it's Hester, which is Bar, and that's where we have the word Yerida recurring, and that's Sha'il, and that's exactly what Yosef deserves in the Shvatim's mind. Because um, he's the one who, who stands for Rachik. So you have the Mizmar and Tehillim Yud, you look at it, you say, Why Hashem are you far away? Why do you let the, 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 the Ani go into the pits? So meaning, yeah, if you believe Hashem is Rachik, then that's what happens. So it's Mamish that's built into that Mizmar. If you look at it, look at Mizmar and Tehillim Yud. It says, Why Hashem do you stand for Rachik? And do you hide? And you let the person get trapped and then fall into the pit. So that's exactly what's happening here. Yosef, who? And so they start and he's in the bar. In, and now he's, which is identified with Sha'il. Yeah, now you need, now he's better. Yeah, and I guess Yaakov's constantly afraid of it. He doesn't know yeah. how to go, to, go guess, down. Right. He says, oh, therefore Hashem tells him, don't worry, don't be afraid. Right, right, very good. Yeah, he's afraid of the Yerida that's, that starts at the bar and continues with Mitzrayim. Same way he was afraid that he's going to go beyond Sha- to Avel Sha'ila. Yeah. So he's probably the same thing, he's afraid to go to Mitzrayim. Right, very good. And King Yosef, once he goes down, he's not afraid of it. He told you. He told Yaakov, "We die line, right? It works out. You read it, okay? We can do this. We can do this. We can. Right. We can. We, we can uh, have all the Mitzrayim before right. Mila, and we'll make them fine, and everything's right. fine. And very good. Going. We're going to get to that point. Um, that's good. That's interesting. We're going to get to that point. Even within our parasha, we see that this that the Yerida could be okay. We'll get to that soon. Okay. So now it might be a machlokes. No, I'm just. There's a point in the parasha that we'll see. I mean, between them. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure, what I'm saying, but the, there's a point yeah, yeah, made that you read it, that the way that you read it. Okay, yeah. so so far we have they want to throw him into a pit. The pit is symbolic of Sha'il, Hester, and it goes along with the Yerida. Okay, 
Now, the Pesukim Chof Aleph through Chof Ches, rather through, let's say, through Lamed. I want to talk about them generally tonight, and then maybe we'll get to certain points for sure, we'll get to the next year. Let's see what's happening over here. Just, just an overview of what, of what happened. So Reuven hears about this, saves Yosef and says, we're not going to kill him. He tells them, don't spill blood, rather throw him into this pit in the desert. Don't hurt him. Um, and his intention was to save him, to return him to his father. Okay? And then, as you know, right, so they, they take off the excitement, they throw him into the, that pit, the pit, which had no water in it, they sat down to eat, they picked up their eyes, and they saw this caravan, bringing down all these things. Yudah said, why should we, what's the, what do we gain, what do we profit by killing him? Let's sell him to the Yishma'ilim, etc. Okay, and then, Reuven comes back to the bar, yes, he's not there, he rips his clothing. So why does Reuven not know what's going on? Just That's the first basic thing. What happened here? What happened to Reuven? Yosha Reuven, Yosha Reuven, where was he? But the truth is that the first word, the first words that we're analyzing tell us that Reuven is not as involved. It says, Vayishma Reuven. That means, Pasekyu Tes, Vayemu Ish El Achiv, does not involve Reuven. Vayishma Reuven. Okay? So, Reuven's somewhat peripheral here. Now, I'm going to say some more diukim, and then we're going to put this all together to explain Shat, what's happening in this next passion? Reuven said that the you're not killing him. Not going to happen. Throw him into the pit. But then, but then, which is what they did that. But then Yehuda says in Pasuk why should we kill him? So that means they're still planning on killing him. My bet's a kinarigasachinu. But Reuven already said, and the yad al tishluchubai. And Reuven is, and then Yehuda says, why should we kill him? Rather, we shouldn't hurt him, harm him. So, but you even said not to already, and they threw him into the bar. That's one problem. You think he was going to survive in the bar? But Reuven said, Al tish b'chudam, and therefore threw him into the bar. It's not kill him even indirectly. No, that's not what the Pasuk says. He says. No. No, no, no. He says, Ma bet nahak. Right. And Reuven already said, Al tish b'chudam, and the yad al tish and Yehuda says, and rather let's kill him be a day no Why are we killing him? I thought I thought Reuven said not to kill him already. Okay? And then of course that question we seen before, where did Reuven disappear to? And here's the key, and this is this is the really answer. When Yehuda told his brothers his idea, the Pasuk says, Vayishmuechov. Vayishmuechov. What happened by Reuven? Did they listen to him? So there's a Mephorshah Pasek about that. Perek Membez Pasek Chafalv. Perek Membez Pasek Chafalv. When Yosef told them that he's going to lock up one of them and they have to bring down the little brother. So Perek Membez Pasek Chafalv, they said to each other, we're guilty because we saw our brother's pain Suffering when he was beseeching us and we didn't listen to him, and that's why this starts happening. I told you not to sin in the youth, and you didn't listen to me. And now this is. On the dumb thing. 
Good. Something about blood. Good. So, so he says, I told you, I told you, right? I told you, I'll tell you, and you didn't listen. Okay. So now we know that by Yehuda it says, by Yishmu and Ruvain says that what he told them to do, they didn't listen to him. But Lamai said, what do you mean he didn't listen? It says, he told them, I'll throw him into this pit. And they did that. So they did listen to him. Okay? So here's what's going on. It's very passionate. It all works out. Ruvain is not with the brothers. Ruvain is separate from them. There's Ish al-Achiv, there's the group of brothers, and then there's Ruvain. I guess, probably, we'll see something about this. As the Bukhar, he's uh, in a class of his own. Let's, let's look at it that way for a minute, as a hypothesis. So there's Ish al-Achiv, there's all the brothers, and Ruvain is aloof. Ruvain says, Vayishma Ruvain, he heard about this. He wasn't involved in the Ish al-Achiv. The Ish al-Achiv took place, but Terem Yikravalema, it says in Pasuk Yudches, so there was still some time between when they made their plan and when Yosef got there. In, during that time, Vayishma Ruvain. Okay. He saved Yosef and he told them, it's not going to happen. He didn't convince them. He didn't tell them why. He said, don't kill him. This is what, this is what I'm commanding you to do. Now contrast that with Yehuda. What does it say about Yehuda? As opposed to Ruvain, which just is by Yehuda Ruvain. And Yehuda said, He considered them brothers, and therefore he showed them that, you know, look, Yosef is also our brother, and also what do we stand to gain? So Yehuda counts himself as one of the Achim, and says, and he talks to his brothers and he convinces them as, as one of them, how it's in their best interest to do a different course, which the different course itself is appropriate because Yosef is also an Ach. So there's the Achim and how it works out as Achim. And there's Ruvain who's aloof, not involved, not directly involved, but he hears about it and he comes in and saves the day and says, no, nobody heard him, nobody listened to him. They weren't in the Kabbalah, what he said. However, however, they, they did him. what he said. They obeyed him. They obeyed him. So in other words, he said like this. He said, so now let's understand the Pesukim. They, they said, we're going to throw him ba'achad ha'boris. And Reuven said, That's very simple, because they're trying to conceal a body. So they said, we'll throw him into a random pit. Indistinct. Reuven is trying, Reuven said like this, you guys are not killing him, throw him into this pit. End of story. Why this pit? Because Reuven is, Reuven is looking to, to keep track of Yosef. So don't just put him into any pit, this pit. So Reuben says, so they have no choice, they have to listen. It doesn't say by Yishmuechov, they didn't accept it, they did not mask him, but they did it. That pit, that particular pit, what Reuben said to put him into, therefore, they still were looking at it like, we're going to let him die there. So in other words, had, so on the one hand, they listened to the letter of what Reuben said, on the other hand, they didn't care about the spirit of what he said, he didn't want them to kill him, but they, weren't accept- they didn't accept that. However, they obeyed him. But since by obeying him, they put him into that specific bar, that Reuben pointed out, because Reuben said, I want to know which bar he's in. Here's the bar you put him into. Had that bar had water, then 
you know, he's in a safe till eventually someone's going to come and take him out and, and Reuben said, Al Tashbukhutam. But the bar didn't have water. So therefore they figured, put him in that bar, fine, put him in that bar, but he's going to die from thirst. Stick around, we won't let anyone give him water, whatever, whatever it is, and he's going to die. Pretty bad way to die. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what's happening over here. Okay, then. So the after Reuben comes back, what? What do you mean? What? Yeah. Aim by my. What do you mean? Had it been full of water? Oh, that's easy. Had there been some water? Okay. Right. So that's what's going on over here. So Vayosha Ruven, because Ruven is is the whole point is Ruven is is peripheral. Ruven is not with the brothers. There's the brothers, and then there's Ruven. Okay. Now. That's why I think the Medrash says that in a few instances of people who did good deeds, and the Medrash says, I'm Rabbi Yitzhak, thank you, that um, had they known that the Torah would write it, they would have done even more. So this is a Medrash in, um, maybe an Emmer. It says, had Ruve known that the Torah would say, he would have picked him up and carried him back to his father. So I think the point, what the Medrash is saying is that Ruven's agenda was to save him unabashedly. And whatever he said to do was law. And they had to listen to him. But he didn't. He didn't. You know, Ruben wasn't saying, don't kill him instead, put him into the bar and whatever. Ruben is, is telling them what to do without convincing anyone. So by the same token, he could have said, no, not happening, take him back. But he didn't use his power to the fullest. He didn't use his power to the Why fullest. Not? Why not? So that's the point. He should have. But I'm saying the point, the Medrash is, is seizing on the fact that there's nothing stopping Ruben. The same thing that got them to listen to him he could, have just could have done further, right? Because anyways, he's just doing his thing here. That's the whole point. Once he's just doing his thing, he could have just said, give me ice, I'm taking him back. But he didn't. Maybe he didn't assert his power so much. He only asserted it a little. He didn't want, he didn't want to use it. He didn't want to push so much. But he wasn't convincing them. He was just telling them what to do. So he could have told them to do that. Okay. So now... So now this theme, so this is, I think, what's happening over here. This is, this, these are from the Shvest Pesukim in Pshat. What's Ruven doing? What's Yehuda doing? Why are there two things going on at the same time? Why is Ruven not involved? But I think it all becomes clear when you realize that there's Ishal Achiv and there's Vayishma, and Ruven is not included in Ishal Achiv. He is separate. I, again, I think because he's a Bechar, and I'll, I'll bring one thing soon to support that. And Yehuda speaks to his Echav and, and, and stresses the brotherhood. And that's a whole different mahalach, and that works, while Reuven's thing doesn't work as in, for what it was intended for, but it, it bought you some time, and so in a certain sense it does work, in a certain sense it doesn't work, but... Um, the credit is given to you, Well, yeah, I guess. Because um, he ultimately did. I don't know if the credit's given to you, in what sense? I don't know, gets... Yeah, why? Reuven gets credit too. Yechi Reuven Val Yomais, the measure says, is because Reuven saved Yais' life. Reuven should get more credit in a way. I mean, he, uh, he actually wanted to save him. He would also save him. He would he was save willing him to sell him into slavery. Yeah. He would have said, he'll sell him. Yeah. But but it, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't say that by, um, by Yehuda. I guess they, that's also why, because it's them, yeah. and then Reuven comes along and he saves them from their, saves him from their clutches. Yehuda is not saving him from them. Yehuda is involved with them, and Yehuda influence, the changes the plan, right. It's a different thing. He's with the brothers. He says, speaks to the brothers and tells them, I have a better idea. And they agree. 
so it's not Vayetz, it's Pashat. Vayetz Elohim Yodah means he didn't change their mind. He just, he said, no, I'm not going to happen. Ruben did not ultimately end their plan to kill him. And he, he, and he, and he did, he ended the plan to kill him. Oh, oh right, you mean the plan to kill him still went on. That's true, right. It may have been carried out. So you mean it could have been, and have you, it would have been carried out. Still would have died, This seems to be moral from the Medish Talkuma, that he's credited with saving the Yehud. And Yaakov says, he saved my son. Right. The question you do have to one one thing that's left hanging to me is what what, what were they planning? Meaning, not what were they planning. So they threw him into the pit. You even said put him into this pit. Okay. I'm going. I'm out of here now. Put him into this pit and fine. And then they put him into the pit and they still think they're killing him because the pit doesn't have water. So what were they thinking about Ruven? They thought Ruven's going to come back, or maybe they just didn't think about it. Maybe they didn't, or maybe they thought they were going to get around him because they got around him until, until now. Okay, but he's, okay, not, he's not forcing the issue. He's, right. They didn't listen. They didn't end up taking him out of the bar there when they yeah. put him in. They put him in the pit. No, they listened. They took no? him out after. Actually, who is selling? When they sell him, they take him out. Selling him, moving, never commented on that. I don't know. Yeah, but they. I, I guess we have to understand better. Right. It's a good question. How did they understand what we've been saying? Put him in this pit. Even if they understood it, right. they still thought we can do. As long it. as they keep the letter of what we he said. Keep the letter, and we can get around. That's something you have to think about. Okay. Because they did, right? They, they put him in. Right. And then they took him out. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You realize he wanted to a specific pit for a reason? Right. The specific pit is the Chayra because he wants to know hmm. He wants to know where it is. The Chayra. Unless you could, I guess you could say Tyrus. You could say they thought it was that pit because it didn't have water, you know. You could make all kinds. <laughs> you make stick like that. Okay, so there's, there's, there's more, more here. It. They probably knew him well enough to. to yeah, look, okay, that's not. Sense. That's not. That's not admissible. What? It's not admissible in this form. Okay, but but why assume argument. that they made? But don't say terrorists. Why assume that they knew? That because they it has to add up. It has to add up, right? In other words, if Ruben said up so they knew that Ruben saved him. It adds up that they know that they. Fine, just saying they kept the letter. I think there's more going on here. I think this is a start. I'm not sure. I think there's more going on. Here. Now, the, end, they don't look like it, the fact is like this. The fact is, Ruvain doing something, just steamrolling ahead. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it doesn't quite work. While well, Yehuda uses tact mm-hmm. and um, accomplishes what, what needs to get done. This happens again. There's a difference between the order sa- and leader. This happens again in the same story. And that's when they have to get Binyamin yeah. down to the time, right? So that's in Pac-Man base. And Yaakov's complaining, that's it, you're going to take Binyamin, it's all over. So this is in Pergman based Pasuk Lamatzayim. Reuben says to his father, you can kill my two sons if I don't bring him back to you. Give him to me, I'm going to return him. And Yaakov says, No. Because you're going to take me down into the Sha'il, right? And then Pergman Gimel, next time around, Yehuda does it. Yehuda convinces him. And he says, and he convinces him, he says, had, had we, if we wouldn't have delayed, we could have been there and back twice already. He doesn't stop say. It's going to happen. He's persuasive. And he's persuasive and it succeeds. Now, now, Another major parallel is what happens there after Yehuda succeeds in his persuasion. So that's in Pergamum Gimel Pasuk Take down from the Zimra Sa'aretz 
Bring down a gift for the ish. A little tzri, a little dvash, nechois, loit, botnam, and shkedim. Now, nechois and loit appear twice in Tanakh. Once there and once over here. With a, after Yehuda said Mabetza, or rather before Yehuda said Mabetza, the inspiration for him saying Mabetza was the Urchas Yishmaelim coming down to Mitzrayim from Gilad carrying nechois and tzri loit. So in both stories, as Reuven tries to do his thing, and the it doesn't quite work. And Yehuda does it right, and when Yehuda does it right, then we have this, in this story, it's this spices being brought down to Mitzrayim. In that story, it's Yaakov telling the Shvatim, okay, so bring down some spices. And the point, I think, is as follows. The message in this, in this, going down to Mitzrayim, bearing all these delicacies and spices, is as follows, is that we're worried about Yehuda here. That's the concern. The concern is Yehuda. The concern is the bar. The concern is Sha'il. The concern is Mitzrayim, which is the place that's like Sha'il and like the bar and, and like, like the Zayar says. It's, it's like Gehenim, there's no Emunah there. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. So, so, when Yehuda says Mabetza, it was inspired by the fact that he saw that there's nice smelling spices going down to Mitzrayim. Which means that there could be a Yerida to Mitzrayim and, and something good coming out of it. Could be a Yerida. Mitzrayim is not a Yerida, let's say. Yerida and Bar and therefore Yaisis Mida is not completely, not completely negative. That's the, at least on one level, the symbolism of the fact that we're going down to Mitzrayim. There's a down, down, down. But here, at the critical juncture in the story, um, when, when Yosef gets saved, it's because there's something going down. But wonderful things going down. Similarly, when Yaakov, when Yehuda convinced Yaakov to send Binyamin, first when Reuven tried to get Yaakov to send Binyamin, Yaakov said, Because when Reuven saved Yosef, the Maizah Yosef ended in, the, in, a, in a bar. So Reuven's Mahalach of, of, of Hatzalos Abain only gets you so far. Yaakov, Yosef is in the bar. And um, Binyamin also he says, "Lo yerid bini imachem." He can't, he can't be yerid. But when um, Yehuda says, "No, we're going to get something out of it. There's going to be something good from it, like my betza," and he also stresses that what we can get good from it. So that goes along with the fact that there's and you read it to Mitzrayim, but of these sweet smelling things. That's what I was talking to you before about. As I mentioned before, that within our passions, the remnants that the reader could be okay, and that's the, the fact that the caravans are going down with all these wonderful things. Okay. Which Yehuda saw. Yeah, which Yehuda saw, and and that inspired them, right? Meaning, I mean, it wasn't just that he had an idea. It, something happened. And it's not so terrible if he goes to Messiah. Yehuda is not so terrible, right? We can have a Betza from Yehuda. That's, that's, right, that's a... But, but maybe not our Yehuda, maybe only, only the, the Baalfoyans. Something like that. Yeah. Since he's, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he's not completely. Let him be and, and somehow and, and start realizing that he has to become a koyev and look for betza. We have to forget exactly. Yeah, some sort of Yeah, that we have to figure exactly what the shakavatari is for sure. Definitely has to be figured out. So I'm just showing the parallel of the stories. There's Ruvain's thing and there's Shimon's thing, uh, Yehuda's thing. And um, I'm again suggesting that Ruvain's acting like a bachar. Not with the Achim and also just asserting his, his power and not necessarily getting everyone on his side.
How does that work with this father? Um, all right, okay. How does it work with this father? I think it does, but... He's trying to steamroll, which says... Yeah, I mean, look, he was, uh, it says... Bil- 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 he's trying to take over, in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... He says, you can kill my sons. That doesn't really work out very well. Why? Not a good argument. Right, it's not, not a good argument. Right. right, that's what Yosef, that's what Yaakov told him. Not that a good The whatever. Yeah. To my sons also. It has to do with Billah also. Vayishmai, Ruvain, and Vayishmai Yisrael, and Chazal say, Vesakam, and Tanisa. There's a Billah thing going on over here in this story. But I don't know what that means there. I just want to add one last thing, okay? So now let's look to our parallel story in Shmuel Aleph, Perkid Zion. As we know, David going down to find out the shlame of his brothers, and there's, that's when he becomes king. So Yosef is supposed to out to do the same thing. So the other Pasuk says, when Shmuel Aleph, Perkid Zion, He's supposed to find out how his brothers are doing. And um, he gets up in the morning, he leaves the sheep with a shamer, and he goes to the front where there's the war, and he leaves his kalim with the shamer, and he goes out to the maracha, and he, and Vayav, he does his job. He does his job asking Vayav, while he's still speaking to them, out comes Goliath, and, and the, whole, the whole story, okay? And David's asking around, who's this guy? What's going on? And everyone keeps on telling Everyone tells him, Everyone tells him this, you know, that the person who kills him, the king is going to be wealthy, etc. Pazik of Ches, Vayishma Eliov, Achiv HaGodo, Medabriel HaNoshim. So Eliov, his big brother, heard when he was speaking to people. And he gets angry and he says, Why do you come down? What do you do with the, who do you leave the sheep with? Right? An evil guy you just came down to, you're a bad guy, you just came down to see the fight. Okay? So now the Mashmoah says that, that he wasn't Shoyal L'Shloim Aliyev. Right? Because the Pasuk says in Pasuk of Beis, He left everything, he left the sheep, that's what in Pasuk Chav, he left the sheep. Pasuk of Beis, he comes to his brothers, he says, has everything. Tati sent me to find out how you're doing. Okay. Now, Eliyov hears his little brother David asking about Goliath, and he gets all angry. He says, what do you do with the sheep? What do you leave the sheep? You came down to fight. What do you mean? He said, he said, 10 minutes ago, or whatever, he, half an hour before, he came to Shalom. Right, the answer is, no, no, no. Eliyov Achav HaGadol is in the class of his own. If he's told to go find out how your brothers are doing, it's a different story. That's Achicha HaGadol, it's a different category. So like Yosef, who stole Lechner, Eishloim, Achecha, Vashloim, Atzayim. The ones who are in your, your socioeconomic status. Whatever. Your status. Not your familial, your status in the family. That's Echov. That's Echov. That's the similarity of the story. The other thing is, so, so that's an Aliyah, the Achav HaGadol here is. And Aliyah was also was supposed to be the king, but uh, he lost that position like Rufin did. Like, like Reuven did. Because mm-hmm. when Shmuel saw Aliyah, he said, Neged Hashem B'Shichai, and the Pasuk says, No, Hashem said, I rejected him. So Chazal said, that's him, he's supposed to be king, but because he gets angry, because he has this meat of Kas, he was. So, similarly, Reuven, right. And, um, and another thing is just interesting oh, is uh, that... Hashem would have been Aliyah, right? Yeah. Even though he didn't get angry Maybe, maybe. Another interesting thing is that Aliyah, just, um, Aliyah is a Reuven name. Like Dustin and Avim were... Uh, Ne'aliyev, mm-hmm. who's from Ruvain, just... Okay. I can't say Haloi Dovrahu, because I don't even know if it's quite that, but I'm on the page where it says Haloi Dovrahu. 
Right. Okay, so that's that. So basically, it's just to recap. So what did we learn? That um, they're putting Yosef in a bar because Chaloim is belong in pits. Because then Hashem is Nistar. And they pick the starting with a bar. You read the thing. Mitzrayim, Sha'il. Hence desire says it's it's Mitzrayim uh, is like Sha'il. The bar is symbolic of Gehenim. And Mitzrayim is a place in Almuno. And that's the whole you read in the Pasha. Um, and then there's Reuven's, what Reuven does. And it works, sort of, because they have to listen to him, but it doesn't have its, they're not a cobble what he's doing. Well, you do it works with the brothers. That's because Reuven is, is not, with, that's why I keep on saying, he, I think it's because he's the Bukhar, because that's the Avanat story. That the Achagodl is, is, is um, not part of the, of the brothers that he's being shot the Shlein, which makes sense to me. Similarly, over here, he's told to be a Shalom B'Shalom B'Achim. Reuven's not part of the Achim. He does his own thing. Mela, he tells them what to do, but he's not, what doesn't work with them. And it doesn't quite work. What does work is, is Yehudu speaks to his Achim and Taka stresses the Achva. Um, and like in the other story, Reuven tries to save Kepin to go down to Mitzrayim and Yaakov says, Because look what happened. Reuven tried to save Yosef. And I see Yosef ended up in a blur. Only when Yehuda saves Yosef that works, and that's with being tactical and persuasive and looking for the, what can be gained. And both stories from the Yerida, and both stories that's symbolized by the fact that there's a, a Yerida with Nechais and Shiva light, and all sorts of goodies. Okay.